Uh, excuse me, Okuyasi. Uh, yes, Mr. Joestar? I'm having a hard time scratching the middle of my back. Do you think you could help? Of course! <laughs> Anything for my best friend's dad. It's nice of you to call me his- <laughs> Uh... Oi, Josuke! I used a hangul and actually erased your dad. What? You what? Okuyasu! You, you would have to use your hand stand. Just use your actual hand. Um, no more awkward tension? Can't believe this! You have no dignity! 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 Hey everybody, welcome back to No Dignity. I am your host, Alejandro Vargas, and with me my co-host... Uh, Chris Ng. And today, yeah. we're talking about Mr. Manhand himself, Mr. Handman, uh, Okiyasu Nijimura. Billion. Million. That guy. Morio's favorite dummy. <laughs> now, there are a lot of dummies in Morio. That would be a fairly accurate uh, uh, title to bestow upon this him. This is the most accurate title that he can receive. He is Morio's favorite dummy. Alright? And I just want to talk about, like, why has Okiyasu captured our hearts here at No Dignity? I mean, just by itself, the fact that we had a hard time thinking of a skit, because we've used Okiyasu so many times <laughs> in skits, <laughs> that... Yeah, I think it shows just how much uh, we love Okuyasu. You even defined him as the definitive Jobro during our Fugo episode. Yes, Okuyasu, I believe, is the definitive Jobro. Alright, if we're talking about how bad Fugo was the other episode, we're talking about how good Okuyasu is in this episode. Alright, alright, so let's get to it. I want to talk about his arc first, alright? I'm talking about Mr. I wanted to kill you, but now I just want to be your friend. So I'm going to I'm going to start off by saying that um, the art here is totally on point for someone in 1999, <laughs> um, having grown up in 1999 and uh, seen it for I would actually I am exactly well, not exactly, but I am born the same year Josuke is born. <laughs> so I know what he's feeling. And uh, those pants that Okuyasu is wearing is 8000 percent what someone in 1999 who was cool would have been wearing just that baggy. It's not quite like 80s hammer pants, parachute pants, but uh, baggy was definitely the trend in the 90s. <laughs> See, Okiyasu is the peak of fashion too, alright? This dude lives in a house, God knows how he gets his money. But, you know, he... I think, didn't they say his dad bought it before he turned into a goop monster? <laughs> I mean, his dad turned into a goop monster way before they moved to Morio. Because um... Okiyasu was still a child when that happened. Oh yeah, I guess he would have been because. Oh yeah, because Dia was defeated when they were. Like, yeah, when they were like, yeah, when they were tiny. So obviously, he's just. Uh... Yeah, well, I'm not gonna question where Okiyasu gets his money because that man literally has billion on his shirt. We can't. There's, there's no questioning it. So here's a question I haven't really thought about before: How much older is Keicho? Than Okuyasu. Okay, so Keicho was 11 when Okuyasu was 7, so 4 years. Oh, okay. Uh, that's pretty significant. It's pretty significant? Yeah, I mean, like, that, I mean, an 11-year-old can figure out how to make money if he's 
smart enough. Although, also, Dio probably paid them, so... I mean, Okiyasu's dad is rolling in pretty fat stacks before he got pretty fat. Yeah. So, oh god. Uh, so, it, it makes sense to me that Keicho is probably smart enough. I mean, he's obviously devious enough to uh, make that money last as long as it has. And it kind of looks like they're kind of running out by the time we meet them. <laughs> Have you seen their house? It's, it's reaching the end there. They've used the last of their money on their custom shirts. On those custom shirts that say bad company. <laughs> Billion and trillion. Yep. Okiyasu, like, I, you know, originally I thought his stand was going to do something with, like, money or, like, worth or something like that or, like, gold. But, you know, because, you know, his shirt had, like, you know, the yen sign and, like, the dollar sign. It said, like, billion on it and million on the other side. Uh, but now he just swipes things. Yeah. Well, you know, this is also... God, I'm going to make myself sound so... You are making me sound so old Please this episode. Please do. Um, you know, like, the whole... This is where, look, like, putting on the bling and, like, having money iconography in all of your clothing was really kind of at the top. Um, I'm going to look up this song. I think it's I think it's Puff Daddy. Yeah, back when he was still Puff Daddy. When he was still Puff Daddy, we are getting there. Yeah, Mo Money, Mo Problems. Coming, coming. You know what I'm talking about? It's so old. Oh my god. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> now I feel superior. Uh, it is a very old, old, like, uh, 90s rap song. I remember it, I think I was probably, like, in 8th grade or something when that was, like, uh, kind of at its high point mm-hmm. I'm so sorry I have to, I'm no gonna cut all this out just remind myself to cut this out uh, oh yeah it was a Biggie song the Biggie song yeah I think this is the one yeah yeah there you go and then uh, Puffy was on it <laughs> what was the song yeah released in 97 it actually came out after Biggie was dead <laughs> so if you're like, hey, but Biggie, no, it came after Biggie was dead, and this is like uh, definitely culturally relevant. I mean, that music video is hilarious. It's it's actually kind of like bright and and sunny. I mean, it's it still is affected by the 1990s uh, neon color phase. Yeah. So I, I feel like again okuyasu is definitely right in the the right vibe for what should be going on in 90s fashion. actually now you bring up you know bright and sunny everything do you know that uh nijimura his surname actually is derived from the word rainbow oh yeah that's cool okuyasu he's uh he's you know rainbow boy and also are you implying that araki predicted biggie's death because uh if i'm right um jojo part four was made uh before yeah <laughs> I was just looking that up Before right now, Biggie's death? where it was nine, 92 to 95 was the original run for Diamond is Unbreakable. I believe so. Uh, I don't know. All right. I don't know. Right. When we do the ep- we're, when we inevitably do the episode of Does Can Rocky See the Future, uh, we'll have to remember this one. Yes. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll just put that in the same place where people uh, think he predicted 9-11. Yeah, actually, that one is really creepy. I have to admit, it's really <laughs> I just thought it was like, oh, wow. That, I I guess you kind of notice it, considering everything. Right. 
I, I, I think I really do want to talk about Okiasu's just kind of like his character arc. Because, you know... I, okay, so he starts out as poor boy, bully, uh, mindless grunt for uh, Keicho. His older brother, uh, Keicho Nijimura, whose stand is not nearly as cool. I mean, come on. Yeah, Bad Company's good, but it's uh, it's definitely not on the same power level as the <laughs> oh, hand. The hand can get rid of Bad Company literally in one swipe. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, talking a little bit about his stand, the hand, or as he affectionately refers to it, Zahando. Uh, please uh, respect my Japanese accent. Um, <laughs> he, the whole point of his stand is that it's pretty slow, it's huge, it's tough, and he can basically swipe anything out of existence. It's a slow swipe, but he can swipe anything out of existence, and the space around it closes to fill in the gaps he makes. Unless that is he's swiping at Which dirt. never really got used to its full ability. No. No, if anything, uh, Chili Pepper shouldn't have gotten away, considering that when he swiped the dirt, that should have closed. The way I felt that was justified was that when he swiped, it was like the air and the, the dirt were fusing together rather than uh, like the dirt and the other dirt. I know that makes no sense, <laughs> but... I mean, we're talking about a dude that can get rid of stuff with his hand. It doesn't need to make sense. Right. I mean, like, you could also argue, like, when he hits the electrical conduit, why didn't the electrical conduit just put itself back together when it smooshed closer? <laughs> it did. It should have, honestly. Right. Um, oh, yeah. So, essentially, uh, Okiasu, he was just a grunt for his brother. Then his brother got taken away by the Red Hot Chili Pepper themselves. Uh, that walking electrical Dragon Ball reference. And, uh... He finally learns, hey, I can be my own person. Also, my brother kind of was kind of mean to me, and he needed to die. Yeah. Well, before I talk about that, because I love that speech really, like, deeply, but um, for those of you unaware, uh, Persona 4 is, is very, very, very closely based off of Part 4 of JoJo. Um, and one of the things often quoted is... Keicho's death hanging off a telephone pole and then there's another very prominent death in Persona 4 where they are hanging off a telephone pole and uh, you had told me about this beforehand and I did not believe you and, and then I watched it and I went holy crap <laughs> this is very much based off of <laughs> part 4 because it was weird how many times I was like oh that is exactly the same thing because I saw Persona 4 first so yeah you know, it's weird. We, we switched it around. I only started playing Persona after I got into JoJo, and he recommended it to me. That, yeah, that is, I mean, it's a great game, and it, it's good on its own merits, but, man, the influence is very strong. Very, very strong. I'd, I'd, I'd reckon to say that Araki needs to uh, get some lawyers out in his team if he wasn't so busy uh, forgetting uh, that Part 8 exists. <laughs> I don't... Hey... A man who steals every band name for his <laughs> characters is not in a position to be calling lawyers. And B, uh, there's actually a very interesting interview where uh, Araki and the, the creator of Persona interview each other. Oh. And uh, they seem he seems cool with it. <laughs> so, whatever. Whatever. Okay. Whatever. Okay. So, <laughs> it's really interesting to know that they're just kind of like, all right. I take from stuff and you take from me. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, I think actually that was a point that he made. Yeah. 
There's also a part of the interview where they talk about their favorite suit designers. Oh. I have to find it. It's on Tumblr somewhere, so it's like impossible for me to find every time I want to look at it, but um, I will try to find Rocky's it. Rocky's bougie it enough to have a, his favorite suit designer. That's really nice to know. Well, it was kind of funny because he actually said, I'm not that into wearing a lot of high fashion, but when I do, I really like Armani. <laughs> <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, man, speaking of, uh, speaking of high fashion, how, how about high-end eats, alright? I think what really solidified my love for Okiyasu was uh, the episode Let's Eat Italian Food. Oh, oh I, I, can, I sometimes watch that when I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> um, synopsis of the episode, Okiyasu and Josuke uh, being friends now after... They both witnessed his brother being murdered. After Okuyasu has decided that they are friends. <laughs> After Okuyasu decided, yes. Josuke did not decide that they were friends. Okuyasu was the one that invited himself to Josuke's house and called Josuke. Yeah, starts hitting on his mom. Starts hitting on his mom. <laughs> it's drinking his coffee. The whole Joe Bro spiel, all right? <laughs> Okuyasu doesn't even call his mom. Okuyasu also calls uh, Shigechi's mom hot. <laughs> oh, really? I don't remember no? that. My my sister pointed out to me when we were rewatching part four together. She was like, uh, she was like, Okiyasu hit. That's the second mom he's hit on. Wow. Yeah, Okiyasu. Wow, wow, wow. See, Kakyoin's okay. looking down from heaven and he's smiling. Yeah. Um. So the whole ep- the whole premise of let's eat Italian food is that um, Okiyasu and Josuke. Now that Okiyasu's decided they're friends, uh, after visiting Okiyasu's brother's um, grave. They had decided that they want to eat some uh, new Italian food in a place that is suspiciously close to a cemetery. Well, I mean, they, people gotta eat. Crying's <laughs> <laughs> busy. Crying's hungry work. You have to admit. I, I, I a thousand percent probably believe that Tonio did not know where the location <laughs> was. Like he probably, you know, he speaks pretty good Japanese. Reading it's another issue. He probably looked at the contract and went, ah, whatever it is, it's probably fine. And then he showed up and he's like, ah, it's, that's no. close to a cemetery. <laughs> um, and so in this episode, we find out that Okiyasu actually has insomnia. He has two cavities, he has a stiff shoulder, and he has a bellyache. But upon eating this amazing Italian food, he is basically replenished. And he just, it, we find out that he is a foodie. This man can eat, and he loves eating. Yeah, and it's it's such a character trait for him that everything is just on his sleeve. Like, every emotion he has is just... It's out there. ...on full display, and this is the epitome of that aspect of Okuyasu. Yes. He's crying over water. Like I mean, well, was that really crying, or was his eyes being drained out? <laughs> Um, I mean, probably both. Yeah. I'm gonna go. <laughs> uh, so, um, if, uh, for those who aren't uh, familiar, which you should be, actually, before you listen to this, um, uh, Okiyasu is victim to Tonio's stand, Pearl Jam, uh, which is, wow, that's what I want to think about when I'm eating, huh? Pearl Jam? Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, where it basically... Under this like horrific process, or at least horrific looking process, it basically replenishes you back to, uh, I guess, like a good state of health. It's it. Imagine Crazy Diamond, but yeah. it looks painful, and also it is. Yeah, it's a healing stand uh, that makes you very grossly get rid of all of the problems in your body first. So like Okuyasu's teeth fly out of his mouth. <laughs> Uh, he scrapes off a softball-sized lump of flesh off of his shoulder. 
<laughs> but no, but he says like, hey, hey, Josuke, I visited a hot tub once, and more than more than that came off at that time. Which is lead me to let yeah. me to believe that Okiyasu has a very bad skin condition. Well, I think it's also now that I'm thinking about it, it really does drive home the fact that he's he's in poverty. I mean, the cavities too. It's like he doesn't have access to medical care. It's just, it's just you know, oh, he's got cavities and he just lives with them. It's just him in a blob. Yeah. Um. So that's actually pretty interesting. I never really thought about like what those ailments of Okuyasu kind of meant in terms of his his what his daily trauma he was living through yeah i you know sometimes it really does pass over my head that okiyasu despite them billions on his shirt um not the best financial situation he lives in a big dark like semi mansion um that is bigger the biggest house in the neighborhood yeah, but it's totally abandoned. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's, it's like he, it's almost like he squatted. Yeah, like the walls are still, the windows are still boarded up. Um, there's a big hole in the side of the house that Josuke might not have fixed. <laughs> yeah, it's the Boo Radley house, for those of you literary-minded folks. <laughs> it's just like, creepy guy. I mean, and we all have been by that house in your own neighborhood. The one where the person never leaves and is probably a hoarder. <laughs> I mean, Okiyasu is the opposite of Horde. He doesn't have anything that he's brought into that house. That's Except true. for, like, a bow and arrow and, like, a chest and his dad. Yeah. Which we, uh... Yeah, it's pretty bleak. We will count as an item in this, uh, circumstance. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so in this episode, Okiyasu is just, like... I don't... I don't know how to put it. He is like so enthusiastic about his food. He becomes a professional food critic for a short while after he has uh, mozzarella and tomato. Um, we also, <laughs> we also, we also get to know that Okiyasu would not give Josuke a single bite even if he was starving to death. Yeah. Um. Dude, this is all. These are all great. I mean, the whole episode is just so wholesome. Um... And yeah, I think what makes the episode work is the very masterful, like, horror-style writing that's going on at the same time. Yes. Um, I, you know, I think there's sort of an implication that, like, um, yeah, you're being healed, but Tonio's chopping people up in the back <laughs> to make it work. Um, you know, these horrifying things, and then you're like, oh, God, and Josuke's like, oh, God, and then Okugashi's like, hey, I feel better. Yeah, his, <laughs> I mean, his intestines literally rip out of his stomach. And then they return back, but like, I guess clean now. And he's like, man, I feel great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is definitely demonstrative of Araki's skill of the horror genre. But, you know, com uh, compressed with Okuyasu's just pure joy of life. Yeah, Okuyasu's just a happy guy. He's a little lonely, but he's definitely a happy guy. Uh, speaking of... Yeah, and I think he talks about that in the speech was again my favorite speech when he's confronting chili pepper he's trying to play it cool yeah. and he's you know he's like making fun of him he's like of course i want to kill you you know every part of me wants to destroy you right now but i'm trying not to because i also understand that my brother kind of deserved what he got but also i hate you because he's my brother and you know at some point when he's trying to confuse him, Okuyasu just says, I'm just going to act with my heart. It's the only thing I know how to do. <laughs> I mean, he's not lying. 
And that's not necessarily a, a bad trait. I know people get on Okuyasu, especially when they say, oh, he was so dangerous when he was fighting Josuke, but so weak the rest of the time. Uh, and that's partly suffering from being secondary Jobro, because you can't be stronger than the JoJo, because that would be weird. Yeah. And then, you know, there's also the whole thing where Araki said, the stand's only weakness is the user, which, you know, is a pretty interesting concept. But, you know, I think there's something to be said about, like, self-restraint, you know? If he is trying to be somebody better uh, than his brother, then he can't just, like, obliterate people. <laughs> <laughs> you know there's no stun setting on the hand it's either all or nothing <laughs> and he's doing his best to like contribute without uh, committing wholesale murder yeah, he's, he's trying not to commit manslaughter by accident <laughs> yeah which is a, a theory i've heard a lot applied to kakyoin too you know why he doesn't possess that many more people after the first part because he's trying to figure out how to use his stand without being evil simultaneously mm -hmm. Um, and I think those are valid applications of, uh, like, a character arc for him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really do feel that um, Okiyasu's character arc is learning to be a little more compassionate and being like, I don't know, buddy, he's, he's definitely open with how he feels, but I think it's about him getting comfortable with that, you know? Because it's mostly about him making friends, right? Yeah, because it does, you know, he does get on with Josuke very well. They both kind of have a slight delinquent streak to them. Uh, but you see him struggle with that with Shigechi. Yeah. Well, I mean, then again, they were talking money. And this man has billion on the side of his shirt. I know, but I, I, and I haven't seen that episode in a while, so I don't quite remember. But it felt to me more like it was Josuke who was kind of leading the whole... Like, let's trick this middle school kid out of his oh, money situation. It was, it was definitely more Josuke. Yeah, and Okuyasu's kind of like along for the ride. He just wants his fair share. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's, it is it is touching. Because I'm trying to remember, too. Like, he was he was cool with Shigechi when he showed up during the... Uh, when Kira's chasing him around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they were definitely cool with Shigechi. And they even tried to help him uh, escape getting trouble. Getting in trouble with his uh, gym. Right, teacher. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, Okiyasu, like, he does indeed make friends through this part. He befriends Stray Cat by the end of it. Yeah, that is pretty great. <laughs> I, I saw this one uh, meme where it's all like, uh, when, Josuke when Josuke says you can't keep the sentient air plant, and it's, uh, <laughs> it's Okiyasu's hand, like, clenched around Stray Cat. <laughs> but, yeah, I, 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 I know it may seem like I'm, I'm rambling and stumbling here. But it's really hard to get at the kind of mini arc you see Okiyasu go through without really seeing it. You get me? Yeah, it's a background arc. He doesn't have that many focused stories. I mean, other than Italian food and chili pepper, he's not really the primary protagonist in any of the other adventures. No. Uh, which is too bad. I, I kind of wish we had seen one more. Um... Though I'm not sure where it would have landed, but I think one more would have been kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, because everyone does kind of get their own little, like, fair share of the adventuring. Like, you know, we have... Yeah, Okuyasu is definitely relegated to sidekick status. I mean, and he's good at it because there's that whole thing during the Superfly fight where Josuke is really counting on him to track the the movements and the attacks that the, the pylon is throwing at him. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and Okuyasu's playing watch, you know, kind of his, his, uh, over, overwatch guy. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. And there's this, there's this recurring thing that I, I saw again when I, uh, rewatched part four, where it was, um, uh, Okuyasu throughout the part, he kind of, like, slowly admits to, like, yeah, whatever, I'm the dumb guy. Right? As if he's almost, like, regu like relegated himself to that role. But by the end of it, he just kind of takes it in stride, you know? Yeah, he he comes to accept that it doesn't really matter, that he can still be a, a useful person. Although he is too stupid to die. He is... We have to admit He is that. too stupid to die. He does not know when he is dead. Thus far, Okiyasu will live forever. <laughs> Where do you want to go? I don't know. I'll go back to Mario. <laughs> Boof. <laughs> He'll be at the gates of heaven. He's like, like well, what's this? And then be like... It's like, you're here, son. You're not my dad. Like, uh, bye. He just walks right back down. So now you've been watching part four recently. I, how is... He doesn't ha I mean, he's friends with Koichi. Yeah. But it's not quite as close as... You know, it, it's not quite as close as uh, him with Josuke. And I... It, but it never seems, like, competitive or malicious in the slightest. Yeah, in in some cases, it's almost like they know they're bad people and they don't want to drag Koichi yeah, they, down they into their delinquency. Exactly, they want, exactly. They don't want to drag Koichi, Koichi down with them. But he is extraordinarily jealous during uh, Yukako's love confession. Yes, he Okiyasu pines for something for himself. Um, he regularly... I'm, I'm reading off the wiki right here. Okiyasu regularly laments that he doesn't have a girlfriend, being disappointed not to have lived 15 years ago so he would have known Remy Sugimoto, and being mildly jealous of Koichi's relationship with Yukako Yamagashi. Um, yeah. Then again, he does not become jealous at the slightest when she starts yelling at him. No, and he he's enough of a bro to be like, hey, we gotta get you out of this situation. <laughs> yes. Okiyasu is broken. Uh, so he and Josuke are like, yeah, we got to, we got to do something. <laughs> he did. He was also the one that recommended Koichi stop showering and stop brushing his teeth. Oh, but is that is that why he thinks the girls won't talk to him because he doesn't have a shower? That's what I, that, that that's sounds. what I got. That's what I got from it. Oh, this is just making me sad for Okiyasu. Okiyasu is a sympathetic character. I feel for him whenever something bad happens to him in the part. Right. Well, it's okay. When Joseph dies and uh, Josuke gets all that money, he'll he'll be okay. <laughs> they'll be they'll be just fine. Um, <laughs> I mean, like they'll be having Italian like every night. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm thinking about it again, and like, yeah, Okiyasu, like he kind of knows what situation he's in, and he's like prepared to try and combat it, because uh, what he says he'll do with his uh, split of the money during the Shigechi arc. Is that he says he's gonna put it in his savings? Yeah, he doesn't plan on touching it. O Okiyasu's, he, you know, he's got the ideas in mind. He's trying to, you know, rise up. He is, although he should probably. I'm, well, uh, that's true because he knows he's not good, at, gonna be good at school. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, what am I gonna do when I'm an adult? I don't know. This stand doesn't even make me any money. <laughs> <laughs> but despite having a dollar sign on it, I mean you. Gosh, I wonder what he was thinking about when he saw Harvest. <laughs> Just the ability to get as much of anything as you wanted, and he can't 
Like his his stand just destroys things. And look, there's Harvest. Probably the best stand in the entire series. <laughs> it was the best stand in the entire series. The only reason uh, Shigechi lost was due to uh, not knowing what Kira's uh, ability was. Yeah. Yeah, can we just talk about how Okiyasu, like, he... Also, I think, does he join Kakyoin's uh, legacy and not win... No, not Kakyoin. Does he join Caesar's legacy and not winning a single fight? I'm gonna say he won against Chili Pepper. He did punch Akira. Yeah, I mean, he ultimately took him down, <laughs> even though his his uh, strategy was just punch both people. Punch both of them. If the stand goes away, then we're good. Which, I mean, that's pretty smart in itself. It's like, okay, I don't have the ability to figure this out, so I will just brute force my way One of them has it. long... And it'll be okay. One of them has long purple hair and, like, a blue scar over his eye. And the other dude's just this... Look, stand users are going to try to blend in. Look, look, that stand user attempted to blend in. He legitimately attempted to blend in. He wore a speed wagon uh, uniform, but he still had his long purple hair and like blue scar over his eye. <laughs> yeah. And like, what, what? Did he wear purple lipstick? No, this was before a lot of lipstick action. This was before part six lipstick action. Part 5 feels like the lipstick action. Part seven's the most lipstick action. I'm going to say that right now. Yeah. I think 5, he's experimenting. And then, like, 6, he's like, well, I'll just draw a lot of girls. That way I can do a lot more lipstick. And then seven's like, screw it. <laughs> screw it. Everybody's got 1889 it. 1889 blue cowboy lips. <laughs> um, Gosh, okay. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think about, like, the kind of, like, disservice Okiyasu's gotten. Um, especially in the one shot of Rohan at the Louvre. You seen that infamous one? Uh-huh. <laughs> Where it's like, <laughs> it, it's hardly even recognizable as Okiyasu. <laughs> Except for like the, the vague X on his face. Let me see this. You have to see it. Rohan at the Louvre Okiyasu. And his hair, like his head is like almost perfectly... Oh, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> You see what I'm talking about? This is the misjustice done to Okiyasu. It looks like a weird Buddha statue. It does. I mean... They massacred my boy. <laughs> look how they massacred my boy. Um, and they didn't do him very good in the... Uh, well, they didn't do him too much justice in the OVA either. Granted, it's much better. But his face has... Nobody looks good in the OVA. I will make an argument that thick Rohan doesn't look too bad. But, um, but Koichi. <laughs> it's a different episode. Stop. We're not talking about Koichi. Uh. Okay. Well. So what do you? What lessons? And I mean, look, we don't have. Not everything has to be deep, but I like it to be deep. So if you're gonna take away like a moral or a lesson from Okuyasu, what do you think it would be? I think it'd be um. Uh, you don't have to be the smartest to be good. You know, you don't have to be the smartest to be useful. You don't have to be the smartest to, like, be yourself and feel good about it. Because, you know, part of his story mm -hmm. is lamenting over, you know, like, I don't have much. I don't have, you know, I'm not the smartest. All I really have are my friends. And even then, I don't feel like I'm helping very much. Right? But, you know, by the end mm -hmm. of it, he realized that he is, you know, a valuable asset to them. And he is worthwhile. You know, he means something to them. And, uh, you know, his brother still died protecting him, and I think that um, that really, you know, hit him too. 
where it was like my brother doesn't even consider me his brother anymore, but he still, you know, died saving me. Yeah, and that's true. I mean, Okuyasu did choose to go back to Morio, and he could have not. He could have died. If he hadn't really had anything... I mean, yeah, he's too dumb to understand what was going on, but also, if he didn't have anything waiting for him, if he didn't feel like the friends he made were valuable enough, he probably could have stayed. Yeah, he could have, and I think that's an important uh, thing right there. You know, it's an important thing to take away, where it was like, Okiyasu is... uh... He really like I, I say I, I stumble around a lot, I know. But he, he really is caring, right? And he feels cared for by the end of the part. So that really does help him. Yeah, I think it's um it's it, there's a lot of interesting things to be said about the lesson you, you picked. I think you it's um our society puts a lot of effort and focus on being useful. Mm being productive you know um going to college and this is similar to japanese culture too maybe even more so in japanese culture you're supposed to go to the best schools i mean you even go into competitive high schools competitive universities get the highest paying salary man job and just you know work your way up the ladder be a good corporate goon um and that life is just not in the cards for okuyasu as it is not in the cards for many people mm-hmm. um and I feel like uh, Okuyasu could even be sort of a message to that, where it's like, hey, look, some of you kids reading this manga right now, you dumb, <laughs> you know, or you just don't want that life, and it's okay, look, this guy's fine, he's got friends, he got, uh, you know, some purpose in his life, he's got a cool pet cat. He also has those 1980s Japanese economy savings. Right, oh jeez, that's, that's pretty depressing. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, um... I mean, I don't. Who knows what Araki's thinking when he's he's doing things like that, or if it's even crossing his mind at all. But I feel like it's a pretty interesting representation of that. In a lot of ways, he's sort of the foil to Koichi, because not just physically and like ability-wise, but also you know Koichi's the studious, well-meaning, reliable, kind of hesitant, um, meek guy. Mm. And Okiyasu's this big brash. Um, you know, he takes up st- he takes up space. He's not very apologetic. <laughs> yeah, for sure. To it, would Okiyasu have taken Yukako if she uh, if she didn't turn out to be uber crazy? Um, I don't think so. I don't. I just can't see Yukako thinking Okiyasu is, or that he has a. F- a suitable match for her, I guess is the way to put or that it. He has a future. Remember, she. I don't even know if that's specifically why she likes Koichi. I mean, well, when she first met him, she said, "Like, I think the most valuable asset of a man is his future." Hmm, that's and true. And she was like, "Your future's pretty bright, Koichi." But I guess in the Cinderella arc, we kind of saw that. She still spied on Koichi. Right, but that was, I think, some character growth. And I think you're right, at the beginning it was sort of like, oh, this guy's going places. Let me claim him now. Yeah. Um, so I can fulfill my role as studious wife. <laughs> I saw someone say, like, was it you that told me that we can solve the issue with um, uh, 
with um, uh, the uh, Kawajiri family by putting Okuyasu in uh, Kosaku's place after Diamond is Unbreakable. Oh yeah, that was my my crack pairing. Your crack pairing, yeah. I I do I still love that one. I think Shin, uh, Shinobu and Okuyasu is a good pairing. <laughs> I. I think what also makes Okiyasu just such a valuable character, like, at least to the series, right, is that he is, like, the, the Jobro to define Jobros, in my, uh, in my honest belief. Do tell. Well, I think we see him together with the Jojo more than we don't in this part, right? Mm -hmm. We definitely see, mm -hmm. like, them work more as a team than if they don't work as a team, right? Like, the friendship between them, it feels like they're really friends. They're not just allies. They These two, like, mess around. Right? Mm -hmm. And they, you know, they have a bond. They care for each other. <laughs> I, I saw I saw one image where it was Okiyasu inside Tonyo's restaurant. You know, there's a little candle on the table. And Okiyasu's like, bro, I promise this isn't a date, bro. This is brunch. But, like, but, like... <laughs> <laughs> right? And, like, I can kind of see him doing something like that. Just because, like, I feel like they really do have that bond, right? And, you know, yeah. he does indeed compliment the main Jojo in the fact that their abilities are nearly opposites. Mm -hmm. Right? Okuyasu takes things away, and Josuke kind of, like, puts them back together. Alright? Okuyasu has the capacity to destroy, like, beyond, like, anyone else in the series. Except for maybe Pucci. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah. that's, that's a different time. Or even, well, Cream, too. Cream. But they're sort of the same stand. <laughs> what if everything that Okiyasu swept away went to the same place where everything Cream swept away goes? Yeah, I like that theory. I was also thinking of a, a fanfiction idea the other day, where it's just Avdol uh, writing in a journal, you know, every day, <laughs> trying to, uh, you know, keep stave off the boredom. With what arms? And how... But he used obviously he uses magicians. Would red. magicians red okay, have arms? On. I thought this through. Well, it's he's got a beak. <laughs> okay, picks up the pen with the beak. Or he could just burn things in the journal. He's got time to practice his stand abilities. There's nothing else going on. Yeah, in the deep dark void. Um. So my my theory was like, uh, you know, for years nothing happens in that world, and then all of a sudden like random objects start falling through. <laughs> <laughs> as Okuyasu's like stand abilities come into play and he's like oh maybe there's a way out of here <laughs> there's just like a math textbook in there oh yeah there's definitely a math textbook anything that he broke that he just want to get caught for <laughs> like electrical wire uh, that girl's hair that on girl's fire that flaming a hair maybe Avdol can use that to his advantage yeah <laughs> I love that scene where he uh, where he uh, handed away the girl's hair and he was like, don't ask me, I'm not a beautician. Yeah. <laughs> I love that scene too, it's good. Um, I saw I saw this one piece of art by Philip Banks on uh, Tumblr, where it was, um, uh, <laughs> what if everything that Cream uh, erased just ended up on the top of Dio's mansion and no one bothered to look? <laughs> <laughs> and it was... Uh, hey guys, guys. Guys, I'm up here. Help. And it was, uh... <laughs> he just sees Dio die. He's like, all right, cool, I'm gonna go. <laughs> he just never bothers to tell all right. anybody he's all right. All right, bye. <laughs> well, we 
No, we know he's dead. We saw his cloud also, soul, which we all know means he died. Also, did o also Okiasu? He just resurrected himself because we saw like the soul dust thing shoot out of him. We did, but we didn't see him in the sky. We didn't see him in the sky. That is an important factor. He was in the limbo between <laughs> soul dust and sky face. Jojo, there, there are two stages to death. All right, right before you're actually dead. You have the soul dust, where once you die, you have, like, this dust fly out of you. I don't know why, but it always happens. Yeah. Well, and the, the only other person to really come back was Joseph, because, I mean, we saw his cloud face. I mean, he was like, all right, see you later. This was fun. And, you know, Avdol's there, dead, dead. He's like, it wasn't that fun. <laughs> Can you imagine Joseph like slowly coming back to life and I'm like, wait, what about me? I don't know where your body is, sorry. Don't know. What about the dog? Uh can't hear you. Cat joins Cat joins just like you're telling about a, a German guy who got his body replaced and <laughs> Joseph's like, uh bye, too late. <laughs> but you said his whole body was exploded by a hand grenade. Bye! Yeah, but I'm I'm not German. Those were Nazis. You really don't want Nazi tech. <laughs> but you have Nazi. Don't don't talk about it. <laughs> would would uh would Okiyasu have uh, pulled the Joseph and teamed up with bad guys for the greater good? Um, that's assuming he understands <laughs> the complexities of good and bad in a war situation. I mean, he'd probably just fight for whoever was helping him. True. True. I, I I think I think I'm just kind of getting around the idea. I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to dance around uh, Okiasu's uh, loneliness here. This is something I do want to talk about. His uh, his re his do repeated it. lament over not getting uh, a sweetheart that we first saw um, when he was crying after Yukako confessed to Koichi, and he was asking Josuke, like, I can get that too, right? Like, like that can happen with me yeah. too, right? Poor guy, just like really low self-esteem. Yeah, I there there is that. No, no, that wasn't with him. That was with a different character where Josuke did something, and then a, a different character picked it up with like charming the ladies. Um, but there was that there was that little time where Okiyasu, Josuke, and uh, Yukako sat down at the cafe for who knows what. You remember that? Oh, yeah, it's like right before Rohan walks off or it something, was, it right? It was um, during the Boys to Men uh, arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, they're just hanging out. I mean, you know, Okuyasu's a good, reliable friend. I don't think he's got much else to do. <laughs> he probably doesn't want to go home. He's probably um, going to go find, uh, you know, Shigechi's mom or something like that. Right. And it, it, it's kind of interesting, too, like... Uh, you really can see how like desperately lonely Okuyasu is because Josuke does not seem to be phased at all about Koichi's situation. No. He doesn't even seem that surprised, actually. Yeah, so I'm I'm wondering like, okay, like he wasn't surprised when you know uh, Yukako asked Koichi, but Okuyasu definitely was. So I'm thinking to myself, how how is Koichi looking in these people's eyes? Well, I mean, hmm. you have to remember Joestars have women follow them, so maybe he just figures that that's how everybody lives. <laughs> that's just how life works. I mean, he's got every every single one, starting with Jotaro, has got an entourage with the beginning going, Hey! Hey, Jojo! Yeah. Right? 
So, like, maybe that's why jo Josuke is, like, completely non-empathetic to Okuyasu's plight. He's like, why don't you just pick one of the girls that follows you around? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking what about? What girls, Josuke? <laughs> <laughs> also, would that, would that uh, bring down Okuyasu a little bit more? The fact that, like, Josuke's got, like, a harem following him? I, don't, I mean, I don't know. They, they always seem... The JoJo's always seem sort of, at best, like mildly annoyed <laughs> at, at their presence uh i think the most polite one was probably giorno who's like okay i gotta go bye i'll just steal your money right um yeah i don't i mean i don't know i, I think um well did we learn anything about him in particular during rohan's initial uh appearance no he just made opiasu catch fire yeah that's right, because even though he was in book form, he he didn't get a chance to like really read through. I would have wanted to see that. I would have wanted to see that. Also, Okiyasu is graying at the ripe old age of sixteen. That I can't figure out. I, I just assume, I guess it's dye. I don't know. I'm thinking it's like weird stand hair stuff. Stand hair stuff. Yeah, I mean that's what happened to Jorno, right? Um. Uh, oh, I guess that's true. Right. I never considered that other people might physically change after getting uh, That stand. happened to Kira. Oh yeah, it did. That happened to Oh yeah. yeah His yeah, hair yeah. literally like turned white. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it is stand hair stuff. That's interesting. Is this why uh this is why Polnareff has his uh signature do? I mean I, one of my favorite fan art pictures is um Abdal and Polnareff standing in front of a mirror trying to do their hair <laughs> how does how does Afton even get to that i mean he's got like half the braids in and the rest is just like a lot of long hair and all these rubber bands on the <laughs> table and then uh polner's got like three cans of hairspray <laughs> it's like it's take a while to build the tower also in okiasu's first appearance he actually had nails in his hair like carpentry yeah nails? like carpentry nails like oh. they were like they're like between it. his hair and his head if that makes any sense like see if you can find it uh, audience go ahead and see if you can find this too if you're interested um i did find a picture of a <laughs> okuyasu josuke hair swap and now i'm not going to go to sleep <laughs> because that was frightening why would you do that to yourself i just typed in okuyasu hair and it came up i didn't look for it yeah i can't find this nothing i mean i believe you but uh it's probably a mod i was reading the duong scans and uh, i noticed it i don't know maybe i shouldn't be trusting my eyes after reading duong scans oh no i'm sure it is i mean there's all sorts of, of those weird details that get dropped yeah like the fact that okiyasu had a very very <laughs> very square face until uh he got hit in the face with a, a potted plant oof Really, really uh, did some low-cost surgery. Yeah, <laughs> either that or when he uh, healed his face from all those bullet wounds, he accidentally changed something. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, we've seen him. We've seen Josuke morph someone's face. So. That was like once. <laughs> and then he turned two people into inanimate objects, which is horrifying. Yeah, that's another episode of uh, whether or not Josuke is a good or a bad person. <laughs> Would you say that Okiyasu is like a is like a fan is like a fan favorite kind of thing? Cause he is the head of a popular meme. 
Yeah, he he does have so he has some solid poses. I I think Okiasu has my um, favorite pose in the whole series, actually. The one with his fists kind of um, bent out. It's the, yeah, right right after he comes back from the dead. Yeah, yeah, it's like his signature Okuyasu yeah, pose. I actually did that at my school's prom fashion show. Uh, it's a solid pose to use. Um, you know, I. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I see him talked about a lot. I think his stand is pretty interesting. So you get some of that. I think he's just a lovable guy. Um, that we feel sympathetic for because of his life, but he seems to be making the best of it. He's chosen good over evil. Everybody loves a redemption story. He's definitely among some of the mo one of the most commonly referenced JoJo characters I see <laughs> through memes and whatever. Yeah. I think he's probably just, he's very relatable. I'd say that, and that's that's saying a lot in a part that is very relatable. <laughs> Like, a lot of characters in Part 4 are very relatable. A lot of situations are very relatable. But to be the most relatable guy in a relatable part is, uh, that's saying something. I feel like that that really does kind of sum up a lot of his, uh, a lot of the reasons why people like him. I think that's why people probably like Koichi, too. Because, like, they, you know, there's people with a lot of the same sort of anxieties and insecurities. And, you know, you get to, um confront them through Koichi and then you know you get to if you're not Okuyasu you probably have a friend or wish you had a friend like him <laughs> if you're not the Okuyasu of the group yeah I can see that I can, I can see that I like that I'd like to think that I have an Okuyasu I'd like to think that somewhere we all have an Okuyasu okay so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the controversial okay. question um Okuyasu and Josuke as a romantic couple I can I, I, I'm not going to lie, I, I say I can see it. I don't think it would happen, but I can definitely see it. Is that... I, I see where people get it. Yeah? Um, I was, I'll admit, I was kind of shocked about it. The I mean, not because, ooh, it's two guys, but actually I was sort of shocked at that choice the first time I saw it. Um, I don't know why. I think it's because I think their friendship is just so very friendshipy. It's not overly intense, like uh, sort of like the Joseph Caesar scenes can be. <laughs> uh, and they definitely don't cuddle like Giorno and Mista do. No, they don't. Um, but I can see like just like the people wanting to see a relationship that's so supportive and like uh, you know they just like mesh well together, genuinely caring. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a better pairing than uh, Josuke and Rohan. <laughs> Which I see way too often. I never understood that one. Like, why pair someone with the person that they absolutely hate? Yeah, I don't know either. I think it's the uh, fandom attraction to that sort of... Uh, it's the same reason they put, like, Kylo Ren and Rey together. It's like the bad boy and the good person and the, the need to heal and change the person for the better. It's that savior complex. The you know? savior complex. Save Rohan from what? Yeah. Licking more spiders? Like, come on. It's, it's to show him like that people aren't so bad, and the people are more than just tools for research. <laughs> I mean, he kind of learned that when he went to the Louvre and a millionaire village. Rohan had a lot of adventures. 
I still haven't read most of those. Hey, they're optional. They're all very optional. I, I, you know, as a JoJo fanatic, of course I'm going to tell you all to please go ahead and read them. But they're ultimately optional. I'm sure I will probably get to them. I did read Rohan Goes to Gucci, so... <laughs> I mean... Rohan. Can't be worse than that. <laughs> Live-action Okuyasu. I feel like... There, for those of you who are unaware, there was a live-action Diamond is Unbreakable movie um, covering certain parts of the manga. And I do feel like they gave Okuyasu... I, I feel like they, they did his character relatively alright. I do wish his costume was way more fabulous, though. It's hard to make those into real-life costumes. It's very hard, but it just feels like they didn't try to go for this, like, big, you know, showy part. You know? Yeah, I don't understand when something that's obviously very, like, um, out there and outrageous, why you would try to tone it down. <laughs> um, it's it's sort of the same problem that a lot of superhero movies had for a while, where it's like, no, let's tone down all the colors and make it, like, grittier and more realistic. And then you're like, dude, the guy wears red underpants and he flies. Like, what? <laughs> I don't want it realistic. You know, it's sort of like when I saw the Spider-Man suit for the first time, and I was like, "Oh, finally, like a brightly colored suit, the way it's supposed to be." I, you see, you see, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make, you know, short films here. I write scripts and stuff. You see, if I were to ever make like a, a different like live action Diamond is Unbreakable thing, I'm getting someone who has actual nails in their head, someone who's actually got, you know, problems thinking. All right, so they can give the role <laughs> uh, all of its justice. Um. Little, little trivia about Okiyasu. He actually is one of the characters to have the same voice actor like carry over between everything. Oh, yeah, really? uh, because the um, uh, the first time we saw Okiyasu voiced um, uh, was in, I believe, like one of the video games. I believe it was All Star Battle on the PlayStation Three, uh, where we first got Okiyasu's like gravelly like, I just can't. Uh, I I can't do it justice. Um, bless the voice actor, <laughs> because because right. that's all I hear when I hear Okiyasu. And I think if there's one thing that got right about the part four English dub is that they made sure to try and give him that like similar like scratch in his voice. I was like, hey, Josuke. Yeah, I actually really appreciate the dub. For part four, I think it actually did a really good they job. They got Albert Wesker to be uh, uh, to be uh, Kira Yoshikage. I feel like that in itself is an achievement. Well, yeah, that was dead on casting. Yes, one hundred percent. That I heard that voice and I was like, oh, that's actually maybe better than the <laughs> original. Um, and then I really liked sort of the casual teenagerness in they put into Josuke. For the love. And you're right, like, the, that gravel quality transferred from Okuyasu's Japanese into the English voice, and that was, like, exactly what needed to happen. Because I, I think of all the voices, that was the one I was most worried about. Okuyasu's? Yeah, because dub voices tend to be higher-pitched for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why that is, or what the, what the thinking is behind that. But, uh, almost every single time... It is higher. Uh, rest in peace, my guy Koichi. Yeah, that voice was okay. It was, you know, I appreciate what they did and all that. I, I, I do feel like out of all those voices they got, I feel like 
you know, next to Kira, they did get uh, Okiyasu's voice like nearly like perfect. Because that's what that's how I read it in my head now. Whenever I go back to look at the manga. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I I feel like mm -hmm. I feel like we should have some type of like closing statement on this episode about Okiyasu. All right, something that really kind of ties it all together. And I think that should be maybe his relationship with uh, Stray Cat, unless you have something else in mind. With Stray Cat? <laughs> no? Um. Okay, okay. So, Stray Cat, you know, the cat that died and came back. So, they already relate to each other on some on some type of level. <laughs> they already both died. And like that, they're all, they're, oh, they were both tools for someone that. that had power over them. Okiyasu and Stray Cat were both tools to, you know, meet in Ooh. right? Ooh. Uh, Okiyasu was used by Keicho, Stray Cat was used by Kira, right? And both of them kind of, like, gave the, um... I guess Stray Cat had less loyalty towards Kira than Okiyasu did towards his brother, but there was still that level of, like, you know, I belong to this, right? Like, this is my purpose, right? And the fact that I saw Stray Cat and Okiyasu, like, you know, befriend each other at the end and Okiyasu right. taking Stray Cat really kind of closed up his character arc, right? Because what Josuke had helped do for him, like liberate him of, you know, his brother's control and help him realize himself as like a full person, that's kind of what he did for Stray Cat, right? And I thought to myself, like, that is really like a good, like, pairing between, you know, Okiyasu and his new pet. Or at the very least, you know, stand user and stand user. I got the idea that Okiyasu had finally uh, found something that really he could relate with and something to care for, right? That wasn't his dad. No? Yeah, actually, that's a really good comparison. I had did not think of that at all, about the mirroring between their lives. Um, and actually, the first time I watched that scene, I was 8,000% <laughs> sure that he was going to scrape uh, Stray Cat into oblivion. I don't know why I thought that. I think maybe just because Stray Cat has been so violent yeah. to everybody that approached it that he wasn't really going to have a choice. So I think <laughs> it's interesting shock value when it's just like, oh, okay, well, I live here now in your hand. <laughs> it's like, why you're just, oh, you know, hmm, there interesting. now, non-hostile. I wonder why you're, you're just like... squeezed by Okuyasu. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I mean, maybe understood like, right oh, hand. if I mess with this guy, I'm gone. There's no coming back. Yeah, that's true. And but you yeah, know, I feel like Okiyasu really understood thing, Stray Cat so. in like a way that you know no one else really had, and that's why they you know work together at the end, and that's why Okiyasu takes in Stray Cat at the end. He's kind of like redoing that cycle, and uh, I guess that's my closing thoughts on Okiyasu. Right, he tries to do for uh, others what others had done for him. Right, he loves his friends. He loves his town. Uh, he loves his brother for the yeah. most part. Uh, definitely loves his dad, who cannot reciprocate any of that. But he's just this like big, wholesome, like caring person that I feel right. like we don't really get enough of in anime and like I guess um, you know media like that. Yeah, for sure. I think even just the name Stray Cat fits with Okuyasu. He's Alone in the world, nobody cares, but he finds his own family. I think found family is a giant theme for part four. Almost everybody, every main character either has no family 
involved in their life or uh, has some kind of issue mm-hmm. with their family. I mean, Okuyasu's got a lot of problems. Josuke's got a lot of problems. Ooh, even Jotaro's got his own issues surrounding family. And uh, <laughs> I mean, there's also like, um, you know, ultimately it's the town comes together to become this new family yeah. uh, that cares about each other, even if they get on each other's nerves. And um, Okuyasu is the mascot for the found family. So good job, Okuyasu. We're glad you exist. Thank you, Okuyasu. We love you here at the No Dignity Podcast. So, uh, if, uh, if if that's all, I, let's get to the uh, meme of the week. Yeah, I've been very busy and I have not gotten to look as many memes as I would like. It's been very disappointing. Um, but... There was one I saw this morning, and I'm sure everyone's already seen it, but it's, it's too good. Uh, it is from the user ST Spyro, Saint Spyro. I think they are the artists, but I am not sure. It is a piece of fan art. And it is Giorno fighting Diavolo. Um, but it is in the position of the road roller scene where Dio is squishing Jotaro. Uh, <laughs> And Giorno is using the piano. You know, people like to say that, you know, people like to use that piano meme a whole lot. And I feel, sometimes I feel it's overdone, but when it's stuff like that, because I, I I have seen it, I, I really enjoy it. Or like that GTA <laughs> mod where uh, <laughs> they changed CJ's character model to Giorno and they changed his card to a piano. Yeah, there was also, um, have you seen the work done by the artist? She, her Instagram name is Euclase, uh, E-U-C-L-A-S-E. I, I don't believe I have. She did she did a whole bunch of charm icons on Reddit for like all the stands. Um, and they're really cool. Uh, really cool pieces of work. You should check it out. She's got a pretty good uh, Instagram page. She did, she did all the ones with all the fake um, fashion magazine covers. Where it said Vento Oreo, and then it like has you know a, a random dude standing there, and it's got all the funny like uh, text. But she did a Photoshop the other day, which was really great. Which was uh, it was a steamroller, and she had photoshopped a <laughs> piano onto the steamroller. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, that's a thousand percent accurate. I I think as Very we go good. farther into like the meme of the week, I, I find like too many good, I guess uh, like JoJo memes. Um, I've got a couple, both relating to part five. So, um, the first one is, uh, posted by, uh, P underscore Joestar on Instagram. That's J-O-A-N-P-E underscore Joestar. Um, and it's at, like, a convention or something where there's, like, two Koichi, there's, like, three pairings of, like, Koichi and Yukako, right? And, uh, I guess to be, um... Accurate. The guy who uh, came dressed as Koichi brought like a suitcase, and so someone dressed as Giorno comes from the crowd and snags his suitcase and runs off with it. And the dude's like legitimately chasing him. He's chasing him down. <laughs> yeah. You sent me that video right before we started recording, and I laughed. It was like yeah, that's really I, good. You see, that takes something. Anyone can dress like Koichi, and uh, you know have a Yukako be their um, partner. But it takes someone to pull off what the real Giorno would have done. And then run into the crowd and take his suitcase. Um, the second one is posted by the Cooler Jonathan on Instagram. 
and it's this uh, it's this meme that I've seen around a lot that I really like, where um, this dude's like, uh, drop the arrow, it's like, drop the drugs, and then this guy gets out the car, he's like, it's okay, I got the arrow card. And uh, the dude's like, he was like, shit! Oh, yeah. And then uh, there's like a ton of him appear, and the dude's got like the arrow on his forehead, like Gold Experience Requiem. Yeah, it's, yeah, like, it's an like an old, old vine, vine, right? Yeah, yeah, and they edited it down, and it's, it's that's pretty good. I like, wow, I like I those. Really. Uh, if any of you would like to contact us, you can find us at nodignitypodcast at uh, gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at no underscore dignity underscore podcast. We also have a Twitter at um, uh, nodignitypod. Uh, I've been Alejandro, and if you want to see some of my work, I have a YouTube channel, A Squid TV. I have a um, Instagram at A Squid V, and I have a Twitter at uh, a squid v as well i know a lot of squids into tentacles that kind of thing hermit purple best stand oh <laughs> uh okay well you can check out my star wars podcast if you feel like it it's sillzeropodcast.com that's s-i-l-z-e-r-o and also the twitter is at sill zero chris yes i think that's it that's, that's an episode huh well hold on do you think we're gonna end right here no dignity to be continued. <laughs>